when the southern kingdom of Judah refused to repent, her fate was sealed and judgment was coming. But Jeremiah saw future restoration and a new covenant coming up next on Our Jewish Roots. In the sixth century BC, one man stood alone against the pervading wickedness of God's people in the land of Judah. The prophet Jeremiah was chosen by the Lord to warn of pending judgment that would come at the hands of the Babylonians. Visions of an exile left him heartbroken and in tears. But Jeremiah remained faithful to his calling and recorded a message that would speak to generations yet to come. Standing tall with faith in God, he understood better days were coming. And there was hope over the horizon. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. I am Jeffrey Seif. Dr. Seif, I love joy. I love hope. I love happiness. Today's program is a little harsh, isn't it? It's, it's a little tough. It's you not know. quite that happy, warm, fuzzy. I mean, th th there is a light coming through the fog, and it's not a train to run you over. Uh, but it it's a tough one. Sometimes there's a tough story that needs told, and Jeremiah was up to the task. Judgment, destruction. I wouldn't want to be that one. Mm. having to tell the world about that, you know, or Billy, his people. Billy Graham said if there was more talk about uh, hell from the pulpit, there'd be less hell in the pew. Uh, and uh, sometimes, you know, church is just all about the happy clappy, but you, you got to roll it out and put it in front of people and challenge people to adjust their lives according to biblical vision, value, and virtue. Jeremiah, that's what he was all about. And all that he went through in his life, he, he didn't have a whole lot of people behind him, but he did have one faithful guy, Baruch, who was there for him all yeah, the time. Yeah, if you're not going around blowing stardust in people's faces, you're, you're, you're not going to make a, a lot of friends. People are going to be offset by you. Not real popular. No, yeah. it's, 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 it's a tough place to stand in, but to your point, it's great to have people to stand with you. He wasn't yes. allowed to have a wife, but at least God gave him a best friend, a good friend. Good point. Mm -hmm. Dr. Seif, more from you soon, but right now, let's hear more about his faithful friend, Baruch. Jeremiah's prophetic walk has been a dark and lonely one. For many years, no one has given him an ear. No one except a scribe named Baruch who faithfully records the message of judgment as given by the Lord. אשר לא ישמע את דברי הברית הזאת. שמעו בקולי, הוא אומר. ועדיין הם ממשיכים ללכת בשרירות ליבם הרע. הוא אומר שהוא יגוף אותם ברעב, בדבר ובחרב. 
חלקם ייהרגו והאחרים יוגלו. I can understand why they killed him. I don't approve it. I don't even like having to say that. But when I look in Jeremiah chapter 11, Arur Ho'ish was his message. In Hebrew, cursed is the man. And people don't like prophets that speak that way. People prefer individuals that blow stardust in their face. But that was not our man, Jeremiah. In chapter 11, verse 3, V'amarta alehem, say to them, Ko amar Adonai alehe Yisrael, thus says the Lord God of Israel, Harur ha'ish, cursed is the man, asher lo yishma et devrei haburit hazot. Cursed is the one that, that, that doesn't hear, that doesn't respond to this covenant. What did it mean? How did they understand cursing in his day? It was a tough message. Jeremiah explained what he meant by it. He was explicit in his prophetic inventory. If you look at the first 24 chapters of Jeremiah, it's an anthology. Uh, Baruch has assembled his scribe, his helper, uh, his messages that were put to print and read and then destroyed and then put to print again. He wasn't a popular fellow, to be sure. People turned on him. And you can understand why he did not have a happy, clappy message. His word was, repent or else curses will come upon you. And what were curses? You know, people labor to build a future. The curse was pulling out the rug underneath it. People labor to build a family. They want to see their children be successful. The curse was death to the children and misfortune for those that weren't claimed by death. People work hard. They want to prosper. They want their economies to go well. No, the word here, the curse, was all that would evaporate. And why is that? Because they did not adhere to the covenant. It was made explicit in Jeremiah, the Lord says, when you go into the land, if you adhere to the terms of endearment, I'm going to be with you and bless you. It was a covenant promise to a nation state that was built on a biblical foundation. The word was, I will bless you if you obey it. Conversely, I'll curse you if you don't. And you can see what happened to Israel through time and circumstance. The question is, does it have any bearing to the world that we live in today? I mention that because there is wholesale abandonment of biblical faith and virtue in culture. It's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Deceit raises its hoary head all over the world. You can't trust what you see on television. You can't trust what you read in newsprint. You can't trust what you hear your friends say. People pass on information that's misinformation. This will not end well. That was Jeremiah's message to his people, and you know, it is a message that applies today. Is there a remedy? Is there a way to wrap up this wound? Is there a way to cure it? Well, the answer to that question is yes, but Jeremiah here doesn't always just give the good news. You know, Billy Graham once said, if there was more preaching from about hell from behind the pulpit, there'd be less hell in the pew. A lot of people are afraid to talk straight like this, but this prophet wasn't. 
Oh, it's a tough word. It's a straightforward word. And as I open up the book of Jeremiah and bring it to you, I wanted to hear it just the way he said it. Aror ho'ish. Cursed is the man. And he goes on to speak in verse 8 of Libom hara. He spoke of a stubborn and evil heart. Oh, there are people like that in the world. Let it not be me. Let it not be you. At natasht oti neum Adonai. Achor telechi vaet et yadi alaich vaashchitech nilaeti hinachem. Baruch. Jeremiah lived in a tough day. He had a tough word. He just had a tough road all around, and I got to give voice to that to take a look at him. Now, that wasn't just him. There's good news in Jeremiah, too, on the other end of all of this, about a great restoration, not just of the Hebrew people. God's going to do a great work in their heart and make a new covenant, but not just with the Hebrew people. The whole world is brought into this. So to be sure, the prophet sees a happy ending. But he doesn't always do the happy ending. you got to look at the whole book. Uh, there's some tough moments in it. And uh, I want to do credit uh, to Jeremiah, even if it can throw some people on their heels. Whoa, wait a minute. That's a little intense. Yes, it is. But I only work here. Not only did Jeremiah give voice to curses to come upon the land, but he said that people are going to curse me wasn't very popular. In fact, in uh, chapter 15, verse 10, Kulo Mikal Lavni, they curse me. Isn't that tough? We, we want to be liked. It's human nature. But sometimes you stand up for truth and there is pushback. There is adversity. I've seen that in my own life, wanting to speak truth in a world. Isaiah said, uh, truth is lacking in the public square, and those who depart from evil make themselves a prey. You stand up for truth, others are going to want to shoot you down for so doing. It's a rather uh, tough assignment, but you know, uh, we have to be strong. In Hebrew, chazak. Uh, be strong, 
take a stand. The Lord says, and he says to Jeremiah here, it's a word for him, and indeed it's a word for us that stand for him. He says in verse 21, I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you out of the hand of the terrible. There are people in this world who are wicked. There are people in this world who are terrible. It's striking. If you've run into unscrupulous people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. People don't just disappoint. People can out and outright betray. The good news, however, the Lord is on record here saying, Jeremiah, look, I'm going to accomplish my purpose through you. And what was the purpose through Jeremiah at the end of the day? I'll tell you what it was. We'll see it the more so as we work our way through the end of the series. The principal purpose in Jeremiah's message was to arguably more than any other prophet give voice to the fact that the other end of this, after the death, after the destruction, after it runs its course, God had a plan to do something new to involve me and you. We're going to see it. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, the house of Judah, and I will put it on their hearts. No longer will they say, know the Lord. They'll all know me from the least to the greatest. Oh, there's a new beginning. Do you ever hear the term being born anew? Jesus is on record in the Newer Testament in the third chapter of John's Gospel speaking to Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and he said, you must be born anew, and Nicodemus didn't understand what he was talking about. And Yeshua, Jesus, is on record saying, and you're a teacher of Israel, you don't understand this? You should, because Israel's greatest prophet, well, greatest prophet, I don't want to insult Isaiah, there are a number of greats, but definitely Jeremiah is up there at the top of the list, even though in his own day and time, not everyone enjoyed what he had to say. His words proved true, not only in his own day, but into the future, when he gave voice to the fact there was a new day coming, a new way coming, and it's a way that you and I are privy to. If we've turned to the Lord, repented of our sins, asked him into our heart, we've experienced the new life that we have in him a life that Jeremiah spoke of many, many years ago when he looked beyond the darkness of the moment and he saw hope over the horizon. Our Creator chose certain places on the planet to reveal himself and his message of redemption to us. Mount Sinai, Moriah, Olives, the Mount of Beatitudes, as well as various seas, rivers, and deserts, these were the places. Some are now only ruins, yet they continue to tell of the Lord's faithfulness and love. These sacred backdrops have been beautifully captured in our resource. This week, the book, Heaven and Earth, Landmarks of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Our producer and director, Ken Berg, has assembled some of his favorite photographs taken during his four decades of travel through the lands of the Bible. 
Contact us and ask for the book, Heaven and Earth. Our Jewish Roots is more than just a television program. See what you are missing on our social media outlets. On Facebook and Twitter, you'll find our daily Name of God devotional, current news articles, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. On our YouTube channel, you'll find faith foundations, music, interviews, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. Or find everything on our website, levitt.com. We invite you to keep in touch and join us on social media. As you'll see in this series, Jerusalem went through some destructive times, and we've been there many times, and it's the opposite. It is peaceful. Our son lived there for three years and had no worries with him living there. People ask us all the time, what's it like in Jerusalem? Is, is it peaceful? Is it scary? And we tell them it's so peaceful, and we would love it's, for you to join us. It's the most beautiful city in the world. Yes, it was destroyed in Jeremiah's time, but has been rebuilt, yes. and we can walk there safely. We would love for you to go with us. We go, as you said, two times a year in the fall and in the spring. You make those tours happen, and you also make this program happen. And we just want to take just a minute to say uh, in Hebrew, it's todah. Thank you. Thank you so much yes. for keeping us on the air and this program going. Yes. We will hear more teaching from Dr. Seif coming up, but first here's our special guest for the whole series, Dr. Michael Brown with more insight on the weeping prophet. It says in the Psalms in Psalm 126, those who sow with tears will reap with joy. Think of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. Jeremiah was a man of tears. Jeremiah had to prophesy judgment on his own communities, on his own family. He had to look at a mother of seven and says, your children will be without parents. He had to look at people that he knew and said, you're gonna die in battle. He had to tell kings of the nation, God is against you and judgment is coming. And the best thing that you can do is submit to Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. He sounded utterly unpatriotic when he said, God says, Nebuchadnezzar, this man that's murdering the, the people of Judah, is my servant. God calls him my servant. No wonder Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. No wonder in, in certain chapters, in the 13th chapter, he says, I'm, I'm going to weep. In the 14th chapter, let, let my eyelids pour forth tears. And, and in fact, you, you see he's so caught up with God's burden that, that he carries the pain of, of God and he weeps on behalf of God. But here's something marvelous. Jeremiah is the prophet of the new covenant. In Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34, Jeremiah declares that God will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And, and this passage is quoted in full by Hebrews in the eighth chapter. It's the longest passage from the Hebrew Bible quoted straight through in the New Testament. The prophet who was the weeping prophet, the prophet who declared that Jerusalem would be destroyed and the temple burned to the ground, that's the prophet of the new covenant. Yeshua quotes his words at the Last Supper. This is the new covenant of my blood. Those who sow with tears really do reap with joy. I can't tell you how excited I am to do a section in this program wholly dedicated to good news. 
good news from the pen of the Jews here. If you look in chapter 16, uh, verse 19, Jeremiah, amidst the turbulence of difficult times, he says, goyim to you the nation shall come. It's not only that the Hebrew people are going to be reconciled to God, but women and men from the nations similarly are going to be reconciled to him. We're told, from all the ends of the earth. What a great story, and pray tell, how does that happen? Because there's nothing like it that's ever happened in Judaism, per se. I love my Jewish friends and co-religionists in the Jewish world. I'm indeed sympathetic. But if you look at what's brought the world uh, into the biblical world, well, remember Jesus is on record saying, when the Son of Man is lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. And that's really good news. And here the good news comes from a prophet to the Jews. Oh, friends, I love it. If you look at the very end of the chapter, and I want to go there now, and he says, And they shall know that my name is the Lord. This prophet sees not only a restoration of the Hebrew people, but of the world. We're, made, we're midway through this series right now, and we're going to explore uh, that gateway in the next part of the series. But here in the very middle of it, I want to remind you that there's good news indeed. All that said, I'm not ashamed to have brought you some bad news and some tough news. Because if it's in the Bible, it ought to be in biblical conversation. It can't just be all happy, clappy, and stardust. At the end of the day, there's some serious stuff here. But there's good news as well. Friends, before this program finishes, if you're, if you're at a place in your life where you need some good news, get on your knees, look up to the Lord, reach up to Him, ask Him to forgive you, ask Him to come into your heart, into your life, make your way to a Bible-believing church. And you know what? You're going to find this good news indeed, even for you. This is not the easiest book to teach on or easiest series to bring, but Jeremiah, Dr. Seif, I believe, was one of the first to say, the gospel will also be for all nations. Is that, am I correct? Well, he, he, it definitely comes out, but that's part of the seminal promise to begin with. And by that, I mean, if you look at early Genesis, uh, the promise to Abraham in the 12th chapter, through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. It was always supposed to be cosmopolitan. Uh, God is all about the world. It's just not a Jew thing. It's a new thing for the world. And, and Jeremiah tells that story. He brings it forth. So I think it's important to tap into it like, like you're doing. And there's, there's a lot of judgment, a lot of destruction. I might want to just jump into Jeremiah's mind for a moment. I don't think you really wanted to say all that 
But he had to, didn't he? He had to give the word that the Lord was given him. And that's not always easy. No, it isn't. The, the, the politics was all bad. Uh, people made wrong political choices. Uh, the religion was worse than the politics. It's characterized by abandonment. And this sensitive priest isn't going to let it go. He, he's going to be a, a truth teller and he's going to get knocked around by virtue of so doing. He's going to see um, individuals of non-Jewish extract come and be the agent of destruction to the Jewish nation state. And against that backdrop to envision all the, the peoples of the earth coming to Jerusalem um, in, in a good note really is seeing over the horizon. And by the way, that is so clear in the gospel story. It's, it's, it's Jesus to the Jew sending forth out to the whole world. And now uh, we live in a, in, in a world today where women and men of non-Jewish extract have joined themselves to the God of Israel through the Messiah of Israel. And you are our friends that support us in this work. Thank you. Yes. So a lot that he shared with those folks back in the day really wasn't pleasant, but necessary for them to hear. Yes, and by the way, I think it's a mistake personally that uh, I think too much religious communication is characterized by pleasantry. Oh, I wouldn't want to offend anyone. Goodness, we need people to help pay the bills right. to keep this program on the air. Pastor says, well, I don't want to offend people. Goodness, the rent's due on Monday, and my salary, my paycheck is due next Friday. You know, there's a sense in which people are a little reluctant. Um, but, but I think sometimes you just got to put it out there and let the chips fall where they will. And all that matters is, is, is the truth. And that, that, that's, that's really where Jeremiah placed himself, and would that we had more Jeremiahs today. We have more to come. Can't believe it's over today. Got to end it. Let's do this again, but until we go, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. 
Also on our website is the online store. There, you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Our Jewish Roots help us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you. This has been a paid program brought to you by Zola Levitt Ministries.